Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss OSHA, EPA, safety policy, safety training, employee engagement, and everything in between. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It's a motivational need. It's a means of engaging your team. Safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone in the organization. Hi, I'm your host for the podcast, Dr. Mark French, also known as The Safety Dude. As a certified safety professional and nationally registered EMT, I am excited to share my knowledge and passion from experience in environmental health, safety, security, and human resources. I've worked in the automotive, foods, chemical, nuclear, and e-commerce fields. I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode as we talk through the current issues in environmental health and safety and how they can affect the culture of your organization. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Very happy you could join me. Always happy to have you with me as we chat through the things that are happening in safety. How do we learn from that? How do we become better leaders because of what we're seeing in safety? And so again, you know, uh, something that's really still, and at this point I'm not surprised anymore, but COVID-19 continues to really be what we're focusing on in the health and safety field. Like so much is being written on it. So much information evolving, changing, uh, really evolving how we're going. And so a lot of interesting information and it's just amazing how fast it's changing at the same time, how things aren't really changing. So uh, I think that makes sense when I say that. But so the first thing I really, I came across was a food company they had been attempting to block OSHA from getting to the medical records. So they had uh, had their lawyers really hitting it with lawsuits, holding back information because they had had a significant number, uh, around a quarter, a little bit less than a quarter of their employees had tested positive for COVID. And the public health officials had that data and OSHA wanted a copy of that data. So the, the company had buckled up with their lawyers and went to block OSHA from getting that data and been working at it for quite some time, like really putting some hard pressure on not letting people get into that. Um, so what has happened is the company finally, I guess, after enough, they realized that this COVID thing isn't going away and they're not going to just ride it out that this we're in this new landscape and it looks like we're going to be here for quite a while. And so they dropped their lawsuit. And so they're going to let OSHA get to those records uh, for those COVID-19 records, um, certainly with employee privacy at the forefront. They want to make sure that's safe. I mean, OSHA will do that. But to look and see what has happened and if they're doing enough to protect their team during this pandemic. And that has been difficult because there has not been a lot of information I mean, it's been evolving. Like, you have to really stay on top of this to know what is the best method. And there's been some good news, some bad news out there that lead us to where we're going. But this was a good one because it it really shows me now that if certain companies are starting to not fight and just start handing over records, that this isn't something that's going to disappear anytime soon. 
they're looking ahead and saying, yeah, we're going to be in this landscape for a while, so we better start participating. We better start taking some advantages. We better start getting proactive on what we're doing here. And speaking of proactive, a very interesting article came out in Safety and Health magazine where a lot of people are now looking at how do we design for COVID-19 going forward? How do we, when we're building a workplace, how do we automatically build in six feet of space? How do we automatically build in different walls or different barriers to protect? And again, that's another indication to me that we're going to be here a while. We as safety professionals, as leaders, are going to have to get used to the idea of how do we manage? How do we teach? How do we learn? How do we get better in this landscape of so much going on with COVID-19? And that was kind of interesting because it was the, the acting OSHA administrator was actually being interviewed and talked about how we should be looking at engineering practices, that we should be looking at design builds of not just PPE anymore. We're in the beginning when we thought this would be short term and maybe we could get through it very quickly. It was about PPE. It was about making sure that we do that frontline quick and easy. Can we do what is fast? Can we implement something, a stopgap measure for the short term period? And now we're transitioning it's starting to appear that we need to transition to looking at the long term as we open buildings. So certainly as part of the safety professional, we do those pre-opening walks. We are part of the, hopefully you're part of the design phase or maybe the management of change phase of anything you're doing. How do we now incorporate into that change management process? How do we incorporate into our pre-opening walk or pre-opening process or pre-startup safety review, how do we incorporate COVID-19 protection? How do we add in social distancing? How do we add in engineering? Not something I expected us to be in at this time or phase for sure. Very different. And uh, because at first it was all about, like I said, it was all about PPE. It was all about draining every resource we could find to get what we needed for just basic PPE and hand sanitizer and disinfectant. And now we've been in this process so long and it, it's not been too long as far as like time is concerned, but from an OSHA and the way this has happened, we've been here for a while now and it's now time that we start looking at how do we really sustain this so it's interesting that between these two articles, between those two pieces of news, I I really think we're going to be here. Uh, we're going to have to really think about the future of safety in COVID-19 because now it's, and one thing that really pops into my mind that is something that we were looking at in a safety world that we were seeing this evolving, and now I think it's going to have to change, is the buddy system. Like the lone worker scenario. Uh, we don't want lone workers out there in the field working because if something happens to them, who lets someone who's out there looking after them? And there's been some news stories about that. Even one in my local area here that happened a year or so ago where it was about a lone worker that something happened to them and they didn't know it happened until way, way too late. 
And I think this is that's a common thing that was happening in some of the smaller companies, the off shifts that you were sitting and done something as a lone worker. And we were looking at policies and processes for the buddy system that you should never be alone. I think now we're going to have to look at, okay, you're never alone, but you're never too close either. And how do you do that? Do you have the right communication set up for that? Do you have the right walkie talkies? Do you, are you using your radios the right way? Do you have the man down buttons um, or vests in some cases? So I think we're going to really evolve and that is going to be interesting um, because we were putting a lot of time, I know I was especially, in, in a number of industries uh, and watching other people also in other industries talking about that buddy system and how we need to be working together. That if you're, especially let's say you're traveling, that usually you'd put a couple of guys in a truck together to go scout it out or do construction work or off-site work like remote worker, that you would want two people going. Okay, well, how do you do that now? How do you do that safely? Do you pair up the same people every time? Do you have testing requirements? Do you drive them separately? And just that's going to be the new cost of just doing business. Um, but then also just at a site level, some of the larger sites, um, chemical manufacturing, large food manufacturers, that when someone goes to go do something, especially like maintenance or facilities, how are we contacting them? How frequently are we contacting them? Um, and still social distancing and able to do that work, um, maybe it's PPE. Maybe that's how we get around that. We have a very stringent process written to do that. Curious, if you have an interesting idea there, or you've been doing it in a way that has been helpful, or you're utilizing some sort of technology to do that, I'd be curious, very interested in this, because this is going to be our new landscape for a while. So we better settle in, buckle up, and get ready to make some changes and get ready to rethink the way we design, get ready to rethink the way that we do safety because we're going to have to change that. We're going to have to really look at how do we redo the engineering? How do we look at that way that we prevent harm to our team in a COVID-19 environment, because a lot of times it was, hey, have them buddy up. That way they can be safe and prepared and have that system. We can do it that way. And now that has to be rethought or at least have more thought. The buddy system can still work, but we need more planning. We need more preparation. And I think that's what we're seeing here because in the food industry, uh, this case being dropped and then seeing that OSHA is basically saying, look, you need to be rethinking how you're building, rethink your entire management of change process or your change management process, because we're here and we're going to be doing this for a while. So more podcast coming up in just a moment. TSD Amalgamated, your partner in safety consulting. Find them on the web at tsdamalgamated.com. With over 15 years of experience in various industries, setting up ISO, TS, and RC systems, the professional team at TSD Amalgamated is ready to help you take your safety program to that next level. TSD Amalgamated is skilled in technical and behavioral auditing, 
from training employees on OSHA compliance standards to helping your leadership team see how safety can help drive real organizational change. TSD Amalgamated is there to be your partner. Their process is not a fill-in-the-blank policy or training process. They want to know your team, your needs, and create processes that create total organizational ownership. TSD Amalgamated, where do you want your safety programs to take you? www.tsdamalgamated.com And welcome back to the podcast. So usually the second half of the podcast, I usually do something a little different with safety and go a different direction uh, than with COVID. But this week, everything seems to be very COVID related and some very good information this week. So I'm going to dedicate the second half again to some more about COVID-19 and how we are evolving as a safety profession, as leaders, as teachers, we are we're definitely going to have to evolve and f- really change the way we think about what we do. The first one is some good news, and this is what I like to see. This is why I love doing safety, because sometimes you see some really neat items come out of some very tough times. And normally you don't see a lot of partnership um, like this. And I'm I'm very happy to see it because I did, I did do some time in the food industry there. And, you know, it was like there were two separate entities like the USDA or the FDA and OSHA. They, you know, they worked together when they had to, but they never really had to. So you were always kind of managing two different agencies. And so the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, so the FDA and OSHA partnered together And um, you can find this, just do a quick search, but the FDA and OSHA come together and they made a checklist for human and animal food operations during COVID-19. And it's a very nice 16 page, (laughs) but it's checklist form. And that's, it's really handy. I was reading through it, looking at it, it talks about personnel, talks about facilities and being the fact that these two companies or these two agencies came together and, and help develop this in, in government time frame pretty fast, um, knowing that we needed this. They've created this great document that you can walk through. And certainly, as any safety professional, this is a starting point. This is one of those that if you can, if you can accomplish everything that's on the list, you've, you've reached the starting point. And then you stop there and you, you take a breath. And you celebrate that we're there and we're doing some pretty great things. And then you look at how you can improve it. That's how we do it. That's how we get better. That's how we protect our people is that we celebrate those wins. And I think we forget to do that too often. Uh, we forget sometimes that, you know, just having some compliance sometimes, just having those small wins are a big deal in the safety world. And we should celebrate those. And then after we celebrate, we take that breath. And we start formulating what we do next. It's not always about never ceasing to just keep driving. We're going to keep driving. But make sure you stop occasionally and say, hey, you know, we've come a long way. We've done good. So I think this is one of those times that you can look at this sheet and check it off and see where you're at. And it has some tips of how to separate people six feet of distance. It has um, your HACCP plan in here. It has... uh, things from OSHA in here, really nice document. And so when I've heard all these legislators and people yelling about more law, more law, we need more laws. 
I have a tendency of disagreeing with that. I think the laws we have are working when they're applied the right way. And I had rather, much rather see OSHA put their effort into something like this. Give us some guidance. Give us some help. You're nationwide. You're seeing a lot of things. You've got access to scientists and, and all this work. Help us. Give us some tools before you legislate. And that's always been a little bit of my philosophy as a safety professional is that you can't be the safety cop until you've been the safety trainer. And even then, the safety cop is not, you don't just flip over and go after it. But, and I know that's a very simplistic way of saying it, and it came off kind of harsh there the way I said that. But what I mean is that if you haven't trained somebody, if you haven't given them the tools, if you haven't given them the knowledge, how can you expect to hold them accountable to something they didn't know or didn't understand? And safety is not common sense. I will stand by that for as long as I possibly can. Because some people say, well, people should just know not to do that because that's common sense. And just because you don't know the law doesn't mean you have to follow it. Okay, yeah. But safety is not common sense. Or at least it's evolving for what common sense is. And there's so much proof of that out there uh, from just anything. Think about how did you find out something was hot? And not to touch it. Either A, someone pointed out and said, look, if you touch that, that's going to hurt. Or B, you touched it and got hurt. That's how you learned. And what we're trying to do as safety people is teach so we don't have the hurt. And so we've got to teach. We've got to educate. We've got to empower. We've got to motivate before we can hold accountable. And I think the same should be true of the way we're held at a national standard or at a regulatory standard because OSHA was two parts, education and enforcement along with making new law. And we want enforcement. We're screaming for enforcement, or at least that's what I see in the news. But here we are. We have made a great document in partnership with the FDA. Really impressed by this. I think it's a great document. If you're in the food industry, you should really check this out because it is, um, very, very helpful. Very, very nice. And it's good to see that we're getting some some education in place. We're getting some tools in place that someone like me, who's a safety professional that never thought I would be dealing with um, health and pandemic, that, you know, I didn't study this. I didn't get ready for this. I can help you with a confined space and some chemical knowledge and things like that. But we're in this area where not really sure. I thought I'd be here having to do things like this and to have some help, to have a starting point, to be able to make a checklist is, that's very nice. Very happy to see that. And then we'll flip over to another idea here. Just to, I'm completely going to turn 180 here on you. I'm going to make a U-turn, go a different direction. But there was another article here about a food company and, and this one here, um, this was like an investigative report by the local news agency. And I'm, I'm kind of sitting on the fence here when I read this because I've, I see it from both sides. And so a, someone did a whistleblower claim saying, Hey, we've got some things going on here at this plant that are not good. We've got people that appear to be sick, that are working. They have really expensive water in the, uh, in the break room. So it's hard to get hydrated because it's too expensive to buy the water. And um, we don't have any protections for COVID-19. And that was really what the complaint said, according to this report. 
And so what happened was OSHA, of course, reached out to the local safety person. They decided not to do it on site. And they did a written statement where you fill in the, they have a ton of questions. And if you've ever seen one of these before, basically what OSHA does, they either, they usually email it now. We're a little bit more modern. They email you a question list of things they want to know and kind of like a, it wasn't serious enough for us to come in and investigate or our resources are light right now, which is so true. So overextended right now based on the amount of whistleblower and complaints, but they send you a letter and you have a very short amount of time to respond to every question in detail because you want to give them enough detail. So they understand the protections you've put into place. Some companies handle these very well. The companies that are trying um, will handle these well. The companies who don't care um, are going to have some trouble explaining these and writing them in a way that matches what the law should be or matching what OSHA expects of you. But in this case, I mean, it even said it went to a local safety person, safety supervisor, safety manager at this site, and they responded on time with Evidently, they don't go and they don't show me the answers here, but they say that it was adequate answers. So OSHA closed the complaint. And so this news agency puts in here that they have this exclusive story that OSHA never visited this plant. Well, sometimes OSHA doesn't visit. They get the information they need and they close it based on what they know of the facts. And to be honest, okay, someone looked sick. Okay, well, how did we deal with that? And Maybe they went and investigated and that person went home. Okay, so maybe the water in the in the break room is expensive, but do they have water fountains that are filtered water that's free? If you don't mind drinking filtered tap water, maybe you don't need it in a bottle. So that's an interesting complaint, but the COVID-19 complaints are very serious. But according to this, it appeared that the safety manager were doing the right thing. And so that's okay. I think this shows that we sometimes have a lack of knowledge coming to us in the media. They're looking for that next big story. And again, I started my career in AM radio. Um, my career. That <laughs> sounds impressive, doesn't it? Uh, I started in high school doing AM radio. And it basically went to the small town I grew up in. And we did news and it was always neat to have a, a, an exclusive story, but in here, here's one that it, they really are hyping this up. And this is a normal OSHA procedure. And according to what I'm seeing here, it looks like the company may have done their best to answer everything they needed to answer. They followed, they did what OSHA asked of them. It wasn't like that. There was something more that should have been investigated. So Sometimes we have to be ready for that, that sometimes, again, no one likes a safety guy. It always seems like we're, we're never on the winning side. We're either the guy that's always telling everybody, no, you can't do that, can't do that, or we're the one that's never done enough. So we're always stuck there. And again, that goes back to celebrate those wins. Don't be afraid to pat yourself on the back occasionally. You're doing a good job. Um, we are doing a good job, and we are in unprecedented times and we're still doing what we were doing before, and we're doing more. So be proud of that. So as we close out this uh, episode of the podcast, just, uh, you know, we're starting to get into that time of year uh, where it, when you're going in for that morning commute or coming home in the evening for that commute, the sun is setting just perfectly. So uh, watch out for anyone on the side of the road. Watch out ahead of you because 
The sun's right in your eyes, so be careful of those workers who are out there on the side of the road. Watch out for pedestrians who are doing their afternoon walk or grabbing their mail after going to work. Um, just that time of year, I noticed that and uh, thought I'd pass that along. So until next time that we come together, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the internet at www.thesafetydude.org or on Twitter at thesafetydude. As always, all opinions are my own and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. I always encourage you to learn more about safety regulations and examine the facts with your unique perspective. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. <laughs>